This week's episode is sponsored by Jagged Edge Productions and ITN Studios' Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. Only in theaters, March 26th to March 28th. The suspenseful and thrilling sequel to last year's immense hit, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, amplifies the gore factor with ten times the number of kills to put fans both new and old at the edge of their seats. After Christopher Robin reveals their existence, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Tigger, and Owl land on the endangered species list as hard targets. Unwilling to hide in the shadows, the ultimate scream team embarks on a murderous rampage through the town of Ashdown to get their revenge on Christopher Robin, once and for all. So don't miss out, and mark your calendars to catch the limited engagement of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, only in theaters March 26th to March 28th. Tickets are available now. Get in, losers. This is the Lady Killers, a feminine rage podcast. I'm Jen. I'm Sammy. I'm Rocco. And I'm May. Our podcast is a tribute to the female identifying killers in horror and more. Each episode will feature us, your Supreme Court of female murderers, discussing our favorite lady killers from your Julias and Jennifers to your Carries and Christines. We'll tell her story, decide if it's good for her horror, and answer the most important question of all. Would we die for her? Join us on Thursdays as we pull on our sweaters, snatch our ice picks, sharpen our scissors, and honor the lady killers who live on the silver screen. No boys were harmed in the making of this podcast. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody, disgusting network. The passage of time will now bring you to something strange, unique, and idiosyncratic. Have a good time. Greetings, constant listeners. It's Gen 2, The Rage Adams. Today we're unlocking an older Patreon-exclusive episode from the Dairy Private Library. This one dates back to last December and finds the loser celebrating the most wonderful time of the year by naming 10 Stephen King titles everyone should read under a big fuzzy blanket on Christmas. And if you enjoy a wintry, cozy episode like this, you can get even more of them by joining our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash thebarons. There, you can find hours and hours of exclusive content we haven't unlocked, from commentaries for your favorite Stephen King films to our in-depth archival series that goes deep into King's uncollected works. For now, though, enjoy this episode, and I'll be seeing you over long days and merry, pleasant nights. My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you want to make love, then I do too, and I'll be right there behind you.
Greetings, constant listeners, or should I say season's greetings. Welcome to a special holiday episode of The Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast. I am your host for today, Jen to the Grinch Adams, and I hope you brought some eggnog because we are talking about Christmas King. Yay! And I'm going to try not to make lots of singing puns, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, That's right, it's the most wonderful time of the year, and if you're anything like me, you celebrate everything with horror. And today we're talking about the best Stephen King stories for the holiday season. No matter what you're celebrating, Christmas, Hanukkah, Solstice, Kwanzaa, or even just relaxing in footy pajamas, this time of year is perfect for horror. Because we're all supposed to be merry and bright right now, but that's just not me. And sometimes I need a really good scare to take the edge off of all of the joyfulness. So today we're going to gather around the Yule log and share our favorite King stories for the holiday season. I like to think of them as little holiday gifts under the literary tree. Uh, But before we start unwrapping, and then I wrote a little rap joke in there, but I just don't think I can pull it off, so I'm going to skip it. No, 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 no. You can't (laughs) tease that. Just do it, do it. Look at what? (laughs) That's the extent. I I need a little more eggnog before I, like, fully commit to the (laughs) wrapping. Let's say hello to our fellow elves and elvettes who are joining me today. So I'm hopping in the sleigh and heading down to Atlanta. And I'm really hoping that our next uh, elf hears me because we recently watched Gremlins and I do not want to try to go down the chimney. So who is joining from Atlanta? This is Dan Dillo Caffrey. Because Dan Dillo is kind of Christmassy. He lives in a Christmassy land, I think, in the Dark Tower Part 7. Um, mm. Yeah, we did watch it. That was so, I'm so excited for Gremlins. Is this, now, will this be out before the Gremlins episode on Psychoanalysis? Probably because that's this? dropping Probably. on Christmas Eve. So that's right. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. yeah you don't want to you don't want to go down the chimney. You'll break your neck. Your daughter that's and true. wife will think it'll it's a bird, a dead bird, or a cat. Um, I know, and then they'll hate Christmas forever. So. I did see right right before this. Susan and I were driving home from uh, from voting. If you're in Georgia, go vote, please. And <laughs> I we I saw an owl um, perch on top of the telephone line, and I got out of the car to go look at it because I feel like you don't see owls a lot. I don't know. I feel like mm-hmm. you never see them in the wild a lot. And I looked up at it and just looked down at me. It wasn't going anywhere. So it was spooky, but also very majestic and beautiful. Very Twin felt, Peaks. I felt, like, I feel like it said it was going to, it said, Dan, you're going to have a great episode tonight with everyone. Oh, so. nice. <laughs> <laughs> I really did Christmas see an owl. owl. It was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah. owls, man. It was real. No, yeah, I feel like you know you never see him. You might see him flying, but when when do you see them standing still? And he just yeah, he looked down at me. It was very cool. So happy to be That's here. Cool. <laughs> did, did it turn its neck all the way around, or was it just staring at you already? It did. It like because I was below it. It creeped creaked its head down <laughs> at a grotesque angle. It didn't do the secret <laughs> so, of Nim thing where it turns grotesque. its head all the way around and turns its so head it was upside one of those, down. But yeah. It was an up and down owl, not a side to side owl. Yeah, very much an up and down owl. I guess mm. if I I don't know owl species, I guess maybe a tawny owl. It, it was it was like brown with ring black rings around it, right like around mm. its uh head. A, it's a definitely scre- a tawny no, screech owl. owls are small. This it was big. It was it was a full sized owl, so Mm. Yeah. Screech well, owl. Were, there any, were there like some Zach and Kelly owls? <laughs> Sla- There's a, a Lisa owl. turtle under the tree. Lisa turtle doves. Ah, there you go. That's probably better than mine. <laughs> um, Silver anyway. belding. <laughs> oh, nice. 
Lots of Saved so, by the Bell puns to be have. Yeah. There, <laughs> that's true. Um, well, speaking of jingle bells, um, hmm, let's. I, I had a whole Counting Crows thing written, and mm. I was even going to sing Counting Crows because I thought we were going to Omaha. But we are going to Boise, Idaho to pick up our next Elvet. So who is joining me from somewhere in middle America but a little north? than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Rachel Reindeer Wrangler Reeves. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> I'm a record slinger by day, freelance writer uh, at night, mainly for Nightmare on Film Street and Rue Morgue. Awesome. Well, we're so glad you're joining us today to talk about Me too. I'm Is very interested. You have such a festive setup behind you, too. I'm looking at your lights. Yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you. Yes. I've got a net of Christmas lights and um, a Ghostbusters blanket to hide uh, my outside. Um, so, yeah. It's... <laughs> the outside world. Yeah. Do, to do hide you also... <laughs> You've really bunkered nice. down. Apparently. Are you also wearing yeah. a Power right. Corruption and Lies shirt, too? For a oh, yes. Vision? Yeah. Like, I, order, like I said, I, I work at a... I work at Same a record thing. store, so yeah. it's kind of like, you know, a required uniform. So the, the flannel and the new order shirt. So. Uh, so, yeah, I said, I said Joy Division. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, no, no, yeah, I love, I love that record. That and movement. Excellent, excellent. And uh, finally, I really want to see some snow, so let's hitch up the reindeer and fly north to Chicago to pick up our final caroler, although I think I said earlier they're elves, so they're caroler elves. Mm -hmm. Who is joining us from the merry state of Illinois? Well, I've got my songbook down uh, for the moment. This is uh, Justin Juniper Hill Gerber. Ah, nice. Uh, (laughs) You know, obviously in Maine, it's snowing all the time. That's the stereotype mm-hmm. that we've all embraced over the years. But here in Chicago, it, it has not snowed. It, it, there's been some flurries. Oh, yeah. Um, but there really has not been a lot of snow on the ground. And of all the years for that to not be happening, thank God this is the year. We're still <laughs> able to go outside and go on walks without having to worry on about, you know, slipping on black ice or something like that. Seriously. So where, keep where was the all snow the snow, away. snow this weekend away. or this week, like in the Northeast, I guess, right? Like, um, I know my parents Well, even Iowa got, got nailed. Really? Yeah. Iowa got nailed. Um, yeah, definitely northeast, real bad. Somebody that we used yeah. to work with, uh, they were posting some insane amount of snowfall that they were getting. So, again, that's cool. Good, good luck. But uh, we're good. Hey, send it my way. I love snow, and we never I love snow get too. it down. Here. I love it, too. Yeah. But when you don't have a car <laughs> and there's ice all over the place, I, I need to walk around somewhere. And there's nowhere to walk mm, if there's ice true. all over the place. You I'm tra- I'd be trapped in my apartment. Yeah, no. They said we were maybe Atlanta was maybe going to get it this week with the tail end of that snowstorm, which I guess maybe that mm-hmm. would have meant you would too. But yeah, we didn't. It's, it's really cold here yeah. now, but yeah, no snow. Oh, it's cold, yeah, but it's not. Yeah, it is cold. Yeah. Not brutal. So yet. if it's going to be cold, I want snow. Of course, that's also like as a former teacher, I always wanted snow because then it would be a snow day. So you know, excuse me, as a teacher, are you right legally now? allowed to say that? <laughs> as a former I, teacher, <laughs> I, I'm no <laughs> longer a teacher. Oh gosh, teachers want the snow days more than the kids want the snow days. I'd imagine. Oh wow, this K- kids are kids right now. <laughs> snow days aren't a thing, right? At all, because um, well, I guess really. it depends on if your if your no. school is in person. But if your school is not in person. The teachers are probably like, screw you, you're you're coming to class, you're opening that screen. Right. You're do it. <laughs> you gotta show up. Unless there's like Put a reception issue. On. That's all I can think yeah. of. That's true. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's Oh, there's it's snow knocking out my Wi Fi. It's crazy. It's a snowstorm. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of snowstorms, uh, this is not going to connect, but I'm going to make it. Uh, we have connected, uh, we've consulted with important North Pole scientists who also study snowstorms. There mm-hmm. it is. Um, 
known as Justin, and he crunched some numbers, which means he applied the patented Gerberlytics to the equations, and we have come up with our list of our top five favorite Stephen King stories to mm-hmm. read around the holidays. Yeah, this was a good so, 72 hours of breaking down the 20 choices, uh, condensing them down to about <laughs> seven or eight, depending on the votes, of course. <laughs> Uh, consulting many other firms who are also very good at statistics. I don't want to name names, but we do appreciate MIT. And I said, you know, at the end of the day, I have to trust myself and the Losers Club. And um, so I just, I said, bye-bye. And I went with our own numbers. And I'm pretty uh, happy with what we all came up with. I am too. Yeah. Now, I have to know, was the beep boop 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 was that playing like the entire time that you were crunching these said It was. You know, consulting? we kind of moved beyond you know, the noise is having to happen, but I do like the ambience and it makes me feel <laughs> yeah. smarter than I actually am. And it makes me kind of uh, nostalgic for a time where we needed to have those like green lights beep up, beep up, beep up, beep up as though it's computating, as though it's computing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a lot of fun to, to kind of revisit the, the old days of Tandy computers. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> if you throw in a little red lights, then it's Christmas numbers. You know? It's a little sheet of paper. You comes are a out Christmas scientist, right? <laughs> only I only exactly. deal in Christmas science, um, which means I still I still do surgeries. So ah, <laughs> of course, <laughs> I still see the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and we should clar- anyway. clarify too, right? By because w- there was some confusion that for King stories, novels were game, individual novellas yes. were game, and short stories were game. We couldn't, we couldn't do like say different we couldn't seasons. do different seasons or night shift the collection. We could do yeah. yes. stories or novellas from those, but yeah. Yes, and spoiler, we have some of those on the list. But mm-hmm. yeah, that was a, a hot debate about what was and was not um, acceptable for part of our list. But we have a list of our top five, and these are the stories or the titles, I guess I would say, um, that we just want to read around the holidays or we want to recommend to people if you're looking for a little holiday horror. And our first story was Battleground, which was not something I was expecting to be on the list, but I'm really excited to talk about it. It's a short story in Night Shift where a stone-cold assassin is sent a mysterious box of military toys that come to life and attack him. And Rachel, this was your suggestion, and you actually won me over on this in our email thread, and I voted for it in our runoff, and I would love to hear why this is a great story for Christmas. I always think of this as a Christmas story. I I know it's just as simple as it is. It's just the toy factor. And Mm -hmm. I first became familiar with it from the film version. And I think that they actually do a little bit better job establishing like the toy factory and the toy magnet that Renshaw goes to assassinate at the beginning. And I Mm -hmm. think that it really kind of sets it up to feel really Christmassy. You've got the toy shop and all the different toys. And then when he finally does go to his house and, you know, all these little army dudes are attacking him. It just, I think that whimsicalness of it, you know, despite the fact that it's dealing with this, you know, professional hitman. um, (laughs) I think that it, yeah, just, it really does kind of just have that childlike wonder to it a little bit in, you know, a Stephen King way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like too, because there are so many classic Christmas stories that do have to do with toys coming to life and becoming sentient, right? I mean, I don't know, I guess Toy Story is not technically a Christmas movie, but I don't know. There's that end scene at Christmas, right? I think it came out around Christmas originally. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I associate that. One of my favorite Christmas toy related movies is the Christmas toy, which is a Jim Henson movie also about, toys that come to life and so i feel like this is sort of the nightmare version of that too 
Like, I feel like if you, if you did a certain kind of adaptation, Hey, why not set it at Christmas time with the assassin, right? You could actually make it into a, a pretty macabre little, uh, little Christmas film. Mm-hmm. I'm not no, sure what not time of year it takes place exactly. I don't actually yeah, remember what say? time of yeah, year. Yeah, I can't remember. But it does feel the setting always feels really cold too. Like mm-hmm. it it's not in the summer for sure. And Renshaw, when he goes back to his house, it's like in the middle of a city and he's, you know, got this fancy apartment and everything. So it does feel cold to me. Yeah. Um, whether that's in like tone or like literal temperature. So I, I do feel it does fit in that way as well. I feel yeah. like it, I so much of this the stuff adaptation. also gets informed, like you said, once you see the adaptation, right? Yeah. So all I can really see now, even though I read this years before I saw the adaptation, is William Hurt in this kind of off-blue apartment comp- apartment <laughs> building with you know no decoration, like wearing like a. I feel like he was wearing like a black trench coat the entire time. But that's all I can see. So like you said, I am now informed <laughs> by this chilly atmosphere because yeah. of the adaptation, not necessarily because of how I saw it, you know, twenty-five, thirty years ago. Yeah, Jen, have you have you seen the adaptation? I, I still haven't. I've been meaning to ever since we did the night shift episode. I have, and I, we're talking about the episode in Nightmares and Dreamscapes tele- mm-hmm. TV, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I know it's yeah, confusing because they that. take like night shift because the Nightmares and Dreamscapes series right. isn't all Nightmares and Dreamscapes stories, right? There's a couple, there's a couple from night shift, and there are a couple. I think yeah. there's, there, yeah, because I know that there's Crouch End, which is Skeleton Crew, and then I think most of them are Nightmares and Dreamscapes, but there's also some uh, night shift in there. Um, yeah, I watched that, and I was on one, the episode where we covered it, and it that was the one that I really liked. Uh, I think that's the best of the entire series. Um, and when I was watching it, because I haven't read the story in years, it kind of gave me, now that we're talking about it, like the his apartment reminds me of the apartment in Nicolas Cage has in A Family Man, you know? Like oh, he's yeah. this oh, yeah. rich, fancy assassin, and he doesn't have time for love and Christmas decorations, you know? And so... I think the toys kind of, you know, teach him to love in this. The family man's kind of, yeah, the toys teach him. (laughs) I mean, he does have like, he does go through an interesting moral journey because from what I remember in Battleground, he's, isn't he kind of negotiating a truce almost between them? (laughs) Like, yeah, we we see him get a little bit vulnerable. Would y'all consider the family man a Christmas movie? I've never seen that either. I think I saw that that was a Christmas movie, wasn't it? Because that definitely takes place during the Yeah, I was like, I I remember it being Christmassy, but maybe, yeah, I hope I'm not just confusing that because it has snow in it, but I think it's No, it's for sure Christmas. All of the selections today are are basically solely because there's a lot of snow. (laughs) (laughs) For me, at least. For me, at least. These are like, oh, number one. That's what I think about when I think of Christmas. Right. The Family Man Man trailer has the... the, remember it's, it's got that obvious yeah it's got the obvious music drop where he walks in mm-hmm. and you're like you may ask yourself this is not my beautiful house this is not my beautiful life and it's just <laughs> like literally the movie. what the movie's about it's so yeah. so obvious oh god never forget I, yeah, the trailer. I to, it's funny that nick cage i it's, I, I can't remember any has he done a stephen king movie i feel like he's kind of ripe to do to do like a mist or something like that but i don't, I don't yeah. think i might be wrong i don't, I don't think, think he's done a stephen king i don't movie. think he has which is yeah. shocking. Yeah, I know, actually, should, now that you say this, like, why wasn't he in Cell? <laughs> you know, like that type yeah. of thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, he would. He, he he does. I feel like he does so so well with genre material. And I don't know. I I watched Color Out of Space recently. And I liked it a lot more. I know you're not a fan of that movie, right, Justin? Or, I I think I look. I usually love Nicolas Cage when he goes unhinged, but. I, if he had matched the mood of literally every other character in the movie, that'd be one thing. See, but I, he, I don't know. I didn't think it. I didn't think he was that overblown in that. I, I was that, expecting that, that last, to be more of a maniac, act. and 
It was just, oh, man, it was I loved little, it. We were, I a lot of people were laughing in the theater. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little I, I, I just wonder, because I feel like he can do the bonkers stuff where King stories tend to go, but I do, I do think he can still be grounded and bring some pathos to a role. Um, well, I will know, say this right to go direction. back to it. It's funny we got here. I would like to see Nick Cage in another adaptation of Battleground. That would be amazing. Mm. Right? Because mm-hmm. yes. he could definitely take care of a scene on his own. <laughs> he just, oh, yeah. He's, he's over the top. So to yeah. see him having to fight off these little army soldiers would be very funny to me. In a good well, way. And there's, in an there's way. like, there's so little dialogue actually between like Renshaw and, you know, the soldiers or whatever's happening there. And they do, I think, do a good job about that in the adaptation. Like, I don't... Mm-hmm. I don't actually think William Hurt has like any dialogue. Yeah, I don't think there's any and, dialogue in that. I think that was kind of the the, the big note about that was that there was yeah. no dialogue at all in that segment. And I, I think that that would be something that Nicolas Cage would actually be really good at because he's mm-hmm. so like physical and he can do so much with his face. And yeah. then when he does lose it, like it would just be like that much more satisfying. Can you imagine yeah, just, like doing like an explosion movie. at the end, just saying, "Yeah, fuck you, yeah, fuck you." Yeah. you know? I mean, I can see it all now. This has to happen. Just, or if he has the hair from uh, Con Air too. Oh god, oh my the gosh. hair in Con Air. Yes, and he's still wearing the William Hurt trench coat, <laughs> and still has a gross hair from Con Air. Um, let's do it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, why has this not been done already? It's just sitting right there, you know. This, this um, dollar sitting baby. home in New Orleans <laughs> or wherever, listening to this, like, yeah, they're right. <laughs> they're right. You know, they're, they're right. right. I should about do this. it. Yeah. Exactly. Dollar baby. All right. Do it. Uh, <laughs> well, our next story on the list is a heartwarming story of mm. a nurse and her patient. And yeah. this is Misery is number four on our Christmas King list. There's a lot of snow in this one, too, which I think is going to emerge as a theme in this episode. Um, And Justin, this one was on your list. What do you find merry about misery? Well, it's funny because I'm thinking about it also just in terms of uh, the season itself and and the current circumstances Mm. that we're all in. Many of us are in, especially people who have to deal with a lot of snow. And so, you know, to me, this entire year, we've all been dreading being snowed in and not being able to do anything or go anywhere and walk around. And obviously, mm-hmm. of all the Stephen King books, you could say Misery <laughs> best captures that. So I'm thinking about <laughs> right. this particular Christmas season. I, I keep thinking about Misery. But at the same time, I live on my own. And I have been living on my own during this entire pandemic. And this also reminds me that sometimes it's okay to be alone. Because you could find yourself with an Annie Wilkes trapped for <laughs> a year indoors. So honestly, those are the That's two true. big things that, that crept out. Obviously, the snow of that story being such a dominating factor and, and living in and living through major blizzards, especially around this time of year and being from Florida and Arizona, you know, you have this idyllic uh, idea of what Christmas is and like the, what the, like the peak of what a holiday can be for this time of time of year. And I always had in my head, heavy snowfall, you know, fireside fireplaces, chimneys, because you just don't have snow and really even fireplaces and, Florida, Arizona, there's no real point, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just always think about those two images all the time. And so whenever I think of misery, I just think of a a house and then just endless amounts of white snow. Ergo, I I think of Christmas. I think of this time of year. Merry, uh, happy holidays to Paul Sheldon and Andy Wilkes. (laughs) (laughs) Did they mention, because he's, I mean, he's trapped for a long time in misery. I'm trying to remember. I mean, I read it not that long ago, but did they mention the 
Christmas holiday or anything. I feel like Annie would get him a present or because she gives him stuff throughout the yeah. book. I'm trying yeah. to remember if they mentioned Christmas specifically I think, though. Because she obviously she gives him gifts right here and there. Mm-hmm. She gives like the typewriter and everything. But and the isn't there something gift. after he gets his thumb cut off where where he gets a gift and she and that's when he he makes a joke about the thumb being cut off or something? I don't remember. I don't. I, I don't remember I don't, Christmas being part of it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't unless, they, I unless they blew through it and were like, yeah, then there was the holiday and then we moved on to January, February. Or it like, could I, have been like January where he, um, that's when the accident happens. But yeah, I feel like that would have been mentioned in the story, especially since like the birthday cake is a part of it. Like who, Lord knows what kind of Christmas gift she would yeah. give him. He know? was actually born on December 25th. So that might be an indicator. <laughs> oh, okay. That's why, you know, this is for Christmas and your birthday, Paul. Yeah. This is just I mean, a good story, I think, to read. Again, if, especially if you're up north, it just really sets the scene, right? It, it, mm-hmm. Chilly, you know, 20, 20 degrees outside and just snow against your window. I can't think of anything better than reading Misery. As, yeah. as strange as that might sound, but in terms of the you know the atmosphere, let's, let's go. It's mm-hmm. kind of tragic in a way because if Annie wasn't a murderous, depressed psychopath, her her house would be a pretty fun place to be during Christmas. It's like a farm, yeah. a cozy a cozy farmhouse. Even thinking about the misery poster, seeing the Snowden cabin or, or farmhouse, um, kind of sandwiched between the two mountains or in the valley, it looks a little pleasant, nice. I feel like if you had a nicer host, maybe one Chris <laughs> Kringle, it would ah, be nice. Mr. Kringle. <laughs> it would be nice to be. It would be nice to be in that farmhouse right now uh, in yeah. in the holiday. Yeah. Paul could leave some milk and cookies. Yeah. Yeah. If I do, she lets him out. (laughs) Yeah. I, well, and that's part of what I also kind of relate to Christmas and maybe this is like telling about my own (laughs) past with the Christmas. But I think that like that feeling of Paul, like, especially early on, he's like trapped there Mm. and he's like being polite, but like, he doesn't really want to be there with this other mm-hmm. person but she's you know she, she's not actually she hasn't actually done anything other than just be a little weird but mm. you can't leave you know and a lot of times people at christmas <laughs> have to like get stuck with your family and you're like yep yeah, this is this is great <laughs> thanks Looking so for much the exit. <laughs> yeah are, are you so. a big we we, t- we talked about this last time or at least on a psychoanalysis we were saying if, if we're all like christmas people are, are you a big christmas person rachel i mean we see the lights in the background but are you- yeah <laughs> Sounds like maybe you're not. I don't know. Those yeah. are just their year round. I mean, it's a coincidence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. These are just my year round Christmas lights. The brightest and cheapest. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I don't mind Christmas. I mean, luckily, I don't have like a giant family, but I have like in the past, like been in relationships with people, and you're like stuck at a family gathering of like people you don't really know for a few days and it's just so awkward sometimes so i don't like that part of christmas i like the presents part of christmas though i like giving (laughs) presents to people i care about yeah i like presents too yeah Yeah. i like receiving them too i'm not gonna lie yeah stop the press you like to get presents (laughs) (laughs) no no, i'm not like a materialist (laughs) selfish person but but, uh yeah you're just supporting the economy right yeah. yeah, hey, yeah. I love small business. Um, um, I love Amazon. Speak yourself, I exclusively I shop at Amazon.com. Right now, we got to get, <laughs> get the economy going. Everyone buy each other presents. We're actually not Dan, doing Dan, trickle-down economy. Come on. Say it with yeah, me. It works, right? It, they said today, that study came out, it said the trickle-down economy. 40 years, they said it criticizing. works. It worked. Everyone's rich now. Mm-hmm. It's great. Clearly, oh, yeah. yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love this book, and it's one of my, it's probably in my top five of King's books. Absolutely. Um, 
and it's the snow I do think is what makes me think of Christmas but I like I just we talked about this on psychoanalysis I've just been kind of a Grinch the last couple of years and just not really into it and um, and I think a lot of that is just kind of shedding old traditions. So like when I was thinking about the ones that I wanted to talk about, they were like the darker ones where it was like kind of the, the, <laughs> especially another one we're going to talk about, like the ones where people are pretty miserable. And that just was kind of what I was connecting to. Um, my family lives in town, so I don't really have that experience of spending the night at, uh, like it's going to stay for several days mm -hmm. and my husband's family, they live when we were still visiting them. Um, they lived mm. like an hour and a half away, which I always said was like the perfect yeah. amount because Distance, yeah. it was like, it was sh close enough to be a day trip, but far enough that it's not a stop in, you know? So it was, but I, cause I could just imagine spending the night. I've done that once or twice and it was just not fun. And it was no. miserable. Oh, misery. You know, our own misery starring Jen's family. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in laws. <laughs> right. Misery's Christmas. It just, it, it just turns out your mother in law is, is Annie Wilkes. Like, j just like, like the, not like she's just the character Annie Wilkes. I mean, you're joking, but Castle there's, Rock there's a kernel of truth there. <laughs> she's and she's the door of the sledgehammer, or I guess that acts before talking. Hello, Bill Band here from the All 80s Movies Podcast to tell you about Factor Meals. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 and use code 80smovies50 to get 50% off. That's code 80smovies50 at factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 to get your 50% off today. I do have a random question yeah. uh, for everybody. Is when, so when you, when you found out about this episode, did you immediately go to uplifting? No. I, I was. Uh -uh. I didn't I go to uplifting because... I don't know. I didn't go to uplifting per se, but I was trying to think of novels that would make me nostalgic for Christmas. Like I love mm. Gremlins and Krampus and Batman Returns and you know a lot of a lot of Christmas even Black Christmas. Christmas films that aren't necessarily uplifting in fact they're kind of horrific, but they all mm. do have an atmosphere that makes me really enjoy the holiday. Like Black Christmas to me well, as miserable as that movie is, <laughs> it it looks gorgeous. I mean it really mm -hmm. does look cozy and icy and I love the glow of the lights. So I wasn't trying to think of uplifting, but I was trying I was trying to think of um stories that really captured a certain Christmas spirit that I could enjoy independently of all the macabre content in the Well you said it. I mean that's scale. what I thought of because initially I thought uplifting. So I started thinking about all the uplifting ones, but they really didn't fit into the winter slash Christmas theme. But then that's mm -hmm. what I thought I thought, wait a minute. I also love Black Christmas, so it's okay not to mm -hmm. have to be so jolly about our selections here. Yeah, just definitely yeah. uplifting yeah. Stephen King stories we could have chosen. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's more like atmospheric and like mm -hmm. yeah, the exactly. vibe of Christmas rather than like yeah, perhaps like yeah. the like the uplifting part of it. What you're saying, that yeah. snow. There was, and snow. There were, <laughs> exactly. 
there were a couple when we talk about our choices that didn't make the list there were there were a couple that i talked that i chose that had oh there's a sweet dog in the background sorry oh, I, know, yes. I know listeners yeah. can't I know listeners can't <laughs> yeah. see it, but there's uh, Rachel's got a, is a boxer. Aww. She's Bella. a boxer. Yeah. So Bella. Bella. With, what, what's her name? Bella. Bella. This is Bella. Yeah. After <laughs> Bella Thorne or after Bella from Twilight? <laughs> well, sh- she's adopted from the pound, so mm. I don't actually know, but I like to say it's Bella Lugosi. <laughs> oh, oh, that's nice. good. Oh, is it with one L it's or two one L? Oh, that, it's cool. got two L's, but we'll just say it's a tattoo. Yeah, we'll stretch it. You could add a G <laughs> for to make it all right. sync up. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Gosi. Oh, I love boxers. But we um, where, where were we? We got distracted by the wonderful dogs. <laughs> by dogs, yeah. 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 Um, right. Oh no, but th- there were a couple. Yeah, that did make the list. That had explicit Christmas references in them, or Christmas imagery, or Christmas scenes. But when I think about the whole, and we'll t- I know we'll talk about those later. But when I thought about the whole piece of work, it didn't necessarily feel Christmassy. Um, yeah. Know, that, it was about, funny. You, is, you, it would have been perfect yeah. to do um, his son's Nosferatu. I thought about that. Yeah. Christmas yeah. Town. Yeah. <laughs> that deals with explicit that. Christmas imagery yeah. and the, the wintry themes and all that stuff, too. Oh, well. So, can't yeah. do it. Can't do it. Cannot legally right. say it. I was thinking more like what I would want to read on Christmas, yeah. you know, and I'm mm. like my honorable mention is maybe the most uplifting thing he's ever read. I would agree. Oh yeah, I'm excited. Maybe to, hear to about a fault. <laughs> I yeah, I really uh, like know. what you're gonna talk about. I yeah. I heard negative things about it before I read it, and I was quite moved by it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So I'm excited to hear about. Well, that. I don't, I don't think it's ahead. necessarily I, bad. I just don't think it's. Uh, I, it's definitely uplifting. Yes. And yeah, more ways like than one. In the title. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and so since we're talking about it now, I can just go ahead and say what it is yeah. to yeah. You know, honorable alleviate mention. the suspense. My honorable mention, I poured one out for um, Elevation, which is, I, I really liked it. And I think a lot of it was I read it at the perfect time. I believe it. Yeah. I got it for Christmas and I had mm. just left my job of 13 years and I didn't know exactly what my next job was going to be. So I was kind of in this space of just like kind of felt like I was going to drifting a little bit. And I read this book and it's just like pure positivity. And it yeah. just, it, and I read it in like a day or two. So it was like, I, I can see the flaws if I looked with a cold eye, but it just, it made me feel really good. And it was exactly what I needed to read. And I read it like at New Year's, I think. So it's it's short- that time of year. It's still up for debate because I think it says it's a novel on the cover, but a lot of the publicity it's said like a short novella. Story, though. It yeah. feels so yeah. short, you know. Like what is because this? Because it's short and it's physically short. Yeah, even so the copies. So it's not like full pages. <laughs> yeah. <right>? I know. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, that's that's, that's how it lifts up. So you know, ah, so easily it's Weightless. lighter. <laughs> exactly. I yeah, loved yeah. It. it was like a Ray Bradbury <laughs> well, story to me. I loved it. I loved yeah. Evolution. Oh, you liked it too. Well, oh, I love it. It takes place in Castle Rock, right? From what I remember, I think so. But I it's very so, yeah. strange because there's no allusions to any characters from any other yeah. books or anything. It's kind of a weird decision, yeah. I thought. I think I gave it's that like the modern old, uh, Castle Rock. I think that was like a five noser for me on Goodreads. I really like the really? Elevation, so. so it's, yeah. it's I mean, that? I'm a generous. I'm a David generous Copperfield reader. Elevation. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thomas Pynchon's V. Uh, uh, v. Uh, okay. uh, <laughs> beloved. Uh, <laughs> hey, no, no, hey, no. Uh, hey, Tony Morrison's beloved five stars out of five on Goodreads. Oh, absolutely. Check, check me out on Goodreads. I wish he had oh, ten yeah. star scales. That would be. I could give more accurate ratings then. But that's mm. kind of beloved. a ghost story in a way. I think beloved. beloved? Is or is it? 
No spoilers. I've heard it described I as a ghost story. I, really I think it's there. a ghost story. I yeah. think the ghost is very real and beloved. But it's I a, know there's a big debate about it. It's not that. a fun I mean, read, really matter, but it's a great read. Yeah. Speaking of anyway. beloved. Right. What did we <laughs> love for our third one? Yeah. Um, our third story on the list is another from Night Shift, and this is One for the Road. And this is a coda, since that's the craze right now, to Salem's Lot, where a young family is stranded in the snow at night near the infamous Salem's Lot. And I feel like I'm dancing around the the spoiler for a book that this podcast has talked about a lot, and it's like 40 years old. There's vampires in it. It's mm-hmm. snowy vampires, which is just amazing. Um, and this one was on multiple lists, but Justin, I think you had it at number one, right? I did. And this is... This is one of Stephen King's best short stories, mm-hmm. and I agree. I, I'm still as somebody who loves television and, and his adaptations. I, I just don't understand how this hasn't been uh, adapted for Creepshow. That's mm-hmm. on Shutter right now. It would cost nothing, right? There's no special yeah. effects in this, really. I mean, no. I know there's one great moment where I think there are no footprints in the snow, right? You see, like mm-hmm. the, the kid hovering. Just the simple. That's easy to do, right? I just yeah, love a couple things about this. Snow in a bar. Yeah, snow in a bar. This is, bar this is the opposite of misery for me, is instead of being trapped inside while there's a snowstorm, now you're trapped outside in a place mm. you're not familiar with. And oh yeah, they're vampires that have just taken <laughs> over this town in a way. And um, I don't know. I, I think it's a great story. And I, I guess we can kind of spoil it here. But I also love the, the yeah. framing of it is something else I also miss a lot. Is just, and granted that there, it's unfortunate circumstances, but... Hearing, I think he hears a story at a bar, right? And yeah. they tell and they warn mm-hmm. him about it. But I haven't been inside a bar in like nine months. When no one's so, funny, it's so like, nostalgia is real. You know? like, I think that this story would have made our lists anyway, right? It's it's snowy, it's at, yeah. it's in the winter, it's scary, it's homey. But part what I was really thinking about when we were making our lists and why I put it so high as well is that I keep thinking about. Chicago bars in the winter are such a spe- it's such a specific aesthetic. Yes, like going into. Um, I mean, it's funny they're both closed now, but like Time Out or Guthrie's, um, you, you know, th- there's a cer- there's a certain type of glow that emanates from them in the winter, and there's a coziness that comes with being inside. And so, in addition to the wintry, scary vampire stuff, I really was thinking more about, oh yeah, what is it? Fe- not only what does it feel like to be in a bar, especially right now, because we none of us have been in one, unless some of y'all are being 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 bad boys and girls, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> not I. <laughs> but yeah, I haven't been in one in, since you know March and. Not only not only is it that, it's also what is it like to be in a bar during the winter in a place where it's really cold? I think that's a yeah. specific aesthetic that actually feels very comforting and cozy and, and coupled with the horror. That, to me, is what makes it the ultimate King Christmas story. Also, the deleted scene of, of him running into Santa at the very end. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this kid doesn't want I a mean, present. <laughs> maybe Santa is a vampire. Mm. That's the story. He only shows up at night. You never see him during the day. Exactly. Yeah. He stores up all his energy. Yeah. Rachel, what were you going to say? Oh, I just, the thing that I love about it, it, just the simplicity of the story. Uh And I mean, I love how it ties into the bigger like Salem's lot thing. I mean, I, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff all the time. Like any little like connection. (laughs) Oh, Oh, nice. Very good, very good, very good. I thought Jim was going to just pounce on that pun. The, the unintentional. I know. 
Yeah. I'm still thinking about Santa Vampire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so anytime I can, you know, you can make little connections between the stories and worlds and stuff. I, I immediately love that. But it is like it's really short, it's really concise. Hmm. Um but it's also it's nothing more than it needs to be mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's just a perfect little quick read which i think is really nice when thinking about like christmas reads you know just something ideally you know you're by the fire or, like in bed or whatever just something quick and then you're done and it's i just think it's great i love it so much. stocking yeah. stuffer of a story yes ah, a stocking hey. you know what's a stocking <laughs> stuffer is the uh elevation novella slash novel it is which easily fits it was actually in my stocking yeah you know Aww. the stocking really? got yeah it ripped the stocking a little bit but <laughs> I, I, I woke up on christmas <laughs> and i saw under the dome sitting underneath my broken stocking <laughs> <laughs> like your I, mantle was in pieces it, and like oh, partly on fire fireplace just collapsed <laughs> i think i did get the i it. got the first edition of under the dome for uh, for christmas when it came out and i remember it being like just on the airplane taking it back yeah. just, like god this is so, yeah. so heavy <laughs> they, they had to run it through twice just to make sure it wasn't yeah. an actual weapon <laughs> Oh yeah, see if yeah. there's like a rock hammer carved in it or something. Um, yeah, I I had uh, one for the road I think on my list, and I it's funny it's like the the dichotomy of the super cold snow outside and then the warm bar, which I think is really comforting and reminds me of the thing in a lot of ways, which is another one that's not Christmas but has that kind of like hunkering down together kind of feel like I imagine drinking like butter brandy or something, mm -hmm. and it's the old timey bar which I just love there's like a comfort there but the thing that I love about it and kind of like growing up what we were talking about growing up in Nashville like it doesn't snow that often so I kind of have this obsession with it and I think it's like it's so cool when it snows and so like there's and if I think about one of the things that I love in the new Star Wars and I'm not going to go down a whole trail so don't at me but like it's really <laughs> cool to see like lightsabers in the snow you know yeah. and like when do Agree. we see snow vampires you know I know there's 30 days of, of night um, which has Josh Hartnett in it so it's amazing but like it's just so <laughs> cool to see that that like th these two things that we don't really see together often thrown together and I also think that like I like to think they're on their way to like grandmother's house or something and that maybe there's Christmas presents in the back of the car that gets pulled over to the side of the road because it is like a family traveling to kind of an unknown destination in the winter so you know maybe it's belated Christmas or something yeah but um, before we move on to our number two, I just have to say I have been workshopping it and I would like to formally pitch Sampire, which is a Santa vampire movie <laughs> that I think we need to start working on. Tagline is now I'm a vampire. Ho, ho, ho. Because I will good. just quote Die Hard forever. Yeah, Die Hard. <laughs> Maybe this person works with San, for Sandpiper. Uh, it's possible. Oh, we don't know. Um, and that Renfield is Hermie the Elf from Rudolph. And nice. Yukon Cornelius is Van Helsing. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, the possibilities are endless. We need to make this there's happen. There's so much. There's, there's so much lore for both of those figures, for both Santa and Dracula. <laughs> I, love it I don't all. know why people haven't done this before. Um, well, speaking of um, insanity, uh, our next <laughs> um, number two on the list is The Shining. And I probably don't need to tell you what this one is about because I think um, it's, it's a little-known King novel about a haunted hotel. Um, <laughs> but this one is – this was on three out of four lists. And, Dan, I think you had it very high on your list. 
I did. Yeah, I mean, The Shining, it's funny because I, I could be wrong. I have to go back and look. I don't know if I had Misery on my on my list. Do you have the original ones, Jen? I think we and need it, to consult Dan, our, did not our have Christmas scientists. Yeah, so I did not have Misery. I mean, I was happy, obviously, to talk the, about the analytics, it. And, the Gerberlytics show, you did not have little fortune cookie paper comes out uh, dan you have misery um but the reason i had misery or uh, the shining over misery is because i feel like in the shining we get because misery is trapped inside the whole time right and theoretically they're trapped in the shining but we do get to experience a lot more of the outside elements with the shining so the you know the the hedge creatures covered in snow mm-hmm. there's a snow plow in it there there is a lot of going around the grounds outside of the hotel when it is snowing. Like, I feel like the, the physical element of snow plays a much larger part in the shining than it does in misery. Misery. He's pretty much in the house almost the entire time. Right. And so I think that was why I put shiny up there. Winter just seems like a much more omnipresent force. It's a, you might see it's a character in itself. (laughs) I'd see the overlook is a character. It's, it's the it's the the secondary antagonist. Um, no, but yeah, and so and and even though once again this is a The Shining is a novel that takes place over a fairly long period of time while they're stuck in the Overlook. Do they mention Christmas? I, it was it's been a little while since I've read The Shining. Do they mention it in in uh, the book? I think so. I know they've yeah. got a big turkey or a capon for yeah. Christmas. So it, it might be one of the few King novels where there's actual explicit Christmas references. I mean, it's funny we talked about this on the Halloween King episode how. Even though he is a you know the master of horror, he actually doesn't have a ton of novels that take place explicitly at Halloween or even reference Halloween in, in any kind of meaningful mm-hmm. way. Um, doesn't something he we hate Halloween? Lot. Am I crazy? Does he? He might. Is he? Is he like I celebrate Halloween every day of the year? I, I think there's some. <laughs> I don't want to put that out there. I could have sworn there was some interview where he doesn't. He, he actually does not like Halloween. I could see that. Maybe. He feels like they're I, commodifying I, horror or something. Maybe. maybe. He's like, oh, they're just uh, putting on their cheap Well, I imagine masks. people just won't leave him alone on Halloween because oh, he's yeah. Like yeah. the master of horror, you know. Then I was thinking, I wonder if Nicholas Sparks gets the same stuff at Valentine's Day. Oh, God. God <laughs> well, I know what he thinks about yeah. Valentine's Day. Yeah. Well, that's true. And the, um, the, one, the, the thing that the novel that came up during Halloween, the Halloween King was Cycle of the Werewolf because that touches on pretty much every major holiday, I think with the exception mm-hmm. of Thanksgiving maybe. Um, but, but they... Cycle of the Werewolf is the only one I can really think of where they really explicitly reference all these holidays. And it's mm-hmm. just funny because you feel like King would reference them more, both Christmas and Halloween. But yeah, I think The Shining might be one of the few that actually has some Christmas references. So um, There is an interview just, with Conan O'Brien, sorry, Dan, um, in which it's, it's called Stephen King Hates Halloween. So I guess. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, oh, there you there go. go. That's there great. Go. That's, yeah. I, I got to read that. But yeah, and so it's um, and, and it's funny because I was I was also thinking about how much are we talking in terms of quality for these lists, right? Like these aren't necessarily my top five favorite oh, no, King no, works no, no, no. or anything. However, As we'll see when we get to number one, I don't think that we yeah, would have oh, number oh, one yeah, we'll, necessarily ranked above. You know, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. And our, I think in number one, the winter Christmas elements are actually the thing that maybe is like, well, but we'll wait till we get there. I don't want to spoil anything. We'll, but call, with, we'll call it a dominating but, factor. Yeah, no, it's all, it, but with, I mean, like Battleground, I like Battleground. It's not my favorite short story, but it totally makes sense to put on a Christmas list, right? Um, yeah. Although, but Shine, the, I do love The Shining, obviously, like a lot of people do. Um, so this one also, for me, deserved a spot on the list just because it's it, it's so good, you know, just quality-wise, it's really up there. And I wanted to have, between this and Misery, it's nice to have some some King heavy hitters on this list. So, yeah, love it. True. Well, again, it's like yeah. the, aesthetic, the aesthetic, the atmosphere of just the green of the topiary animals. Am I saying the right topiary? It's topiary, yeah, right? topiary yeah. 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 Just the greens and the snow and that combination just rings festive despite, you know, the swinging 
mallets and and and, and yeah. ghosts running around. Yeah, and you really, you really, also, <laughs> you really feel the scope of like the winter in the sh- in the book and the film. Obviously, like both of them, I feel like you really feel the isolation and mm. you feel the mountains. You know, the Colorado mountains, and I think that you know, like you were saying with misery, it's a different, it's a different feel and a broader Christmas feel to me in that regard. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I get, I get yeah. why I have no problem with any of these entries. <laughs> and so well, far. also too. I mean, I don't know. I think ghosts are a little bit Christmassy. If you think about yeah. Christmas Carol and just mm. the Scrooge, coming, yeah, yeah, no, mm-hmm. no, no, the Christmas Carol, the yes. Muppet, yeah, like they, Marley they, and Marley. Yeah, George C. Scott Christmas Carol. Have you seen that? Love Marley and Marley. I love uh, love Muppet Christmas Carol's my favorite. Well, like that Mickey deleted scene's coming back, Dan. You're excited? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. I read about that. Oh. I, I actually. I do. I think that deleted scene needs to be in there for pacing reasons. It's weird they cut right from Fo- Fozzie Wig's party to. Anyway, where I'm a little skeptical a, over the name of the song, song though. Too. The song the is called "When Love Is Gone." No, oh, I thought they were restarting the scene. Uh, "Fuck Me, Gonzo." That was really what they were reasserting. <laughs> that's like, the Muppets' yeah. Blue Christmas. Oh, like. that's right. That's Happy Time Murders. Ooh, yeah, that's another Brian Henson <laughs> Christmas. I apologize. Hey, but that is a good song, man. I agree. Fuck me, Fuck Me, Gonzo is a jam. Wait, yeah. who sings it? Rizzo or Camilla? Or who? Uh, it's a duet. It's a duet. Rizzo and, uh, <laughs> and what, what's Camilla. Their, uh, Camilla, yeah. Okay, I don't know if Camilla's in uh, Mama Christmas Carol. Well, this deleted scene. Yeah. They're in it. Right, exactly. <laughs> yep. So they're back in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gonzo's definitely a... Uh, I, actually, I have a bunch of Jim Henson books, and they talk in... There's this one called The Works, and it, it was kind of the first big coffee table book written about Jim Henson. And they have a breakdown of all the characters. And I think it's Dave Gels who does Gonzo's voice. Someone says, oh, yeah, you know, we always looked at Gonzo as having a healthy libido, even if it's just for uh, chickens. Like, they're, like they're, he's a real freak. <laughs> yeah, like the description well, just says Gonzo. Like- this, this Muppet fucks. <laughs> <laughs> Gonzo and Animal are the, the oh real. Oh, my God. Don't get, yeah. those two. Don't get those yeah. two together. Don't get those two together. Party Muppets. Right. They do on a, in a in a Muppet Family Christmas, one of my other favorite Muppet Christmas installments. Um, everyone's staying at at uh, Fozzie Bear's mother's house, a, a farmhouse, not unlike Annie Wilkes's house in Misery. Mm. And all the Muppets are there from Sesame Street, Fraggle Rock, the Muppets, and they don't have enough room to, for all of them to sleep. So Gonzo and Animal they volunteer to sleep in coat hangers hanging from the ceiling because they're real weirdos. <laughs> and so it's a oh, it's a little bit there. What were we saying about? I was saying this is the shining. Right. So so far in the list, I think this is the only ghost story we have. Right. I'm trying to battlegrounds on a ghost. I think so. Are vampires ghosts? What's going on? I mean, physical beings. I I feel like vampires are vampires. Yeah, yeah, they're their own thing. Yeah. Santa vampire is both ghost and vampire. Santa makes an appearance again in The Shining originally. That also was cut. Do you remember I that? Keep, that's I right. Yeah. Think of, <laughs> See, we're I in a bear suit. Of like, oh no, oh, God. <laughs> I'm trying. Stephen King hates the movie because Christmas. it wasn't included. So that's that's the main reason. There, there's got to be. I'm trying to think of like a Santa or a, or a vampire pun that combines like, but like, like crit. Yeah, Chris Kringle, but there's not really anything. I mean, or like Count <laughs> Count Kringle. I don't know. Um, Count Kringle. Uh, that works. Deck the halls yeah. with boughs of holly. Dracula. La 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 la. All right. There, <laughs> there we go. We go. Yeah, we'll workshop it a little bit, but I think we got yeah, something. We're, we're almost there. 
They throw they throw next Christmas to figure it out. <laughs> they throw like garlic at him to defeat him, and he's like, "No, don't you know? I'm I'm only allergic to cinnamon cloves, <laughs> <laughs> mistletoe." Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> it's like oh, oh Chris, uh, wooden. We're uh, sitting wooden on a gold mine. Man. Well, sticks with Stephen, the heart. Stephen King's The Shining. Of I'll tell you what. A stick That's of holly right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I I had The Shining. That was my number two, I think. And um, to turn the conversation in a completely different direction, like I had it because of the, like I don't like spending time with my family on Christmas anymore. <laughs> so this was the story that I wanted to read. Um, and I I have got a lot of thoughts on the any adaptation of The Shining. My favorite is The Simpsons adaptation of The Shining. The Shining. Oh, it's uh, you don't get sued. Yeah, The so Shining. Good. Yeah, love The Shining. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, but this is like. I just liked the dysfunction and I wanted to kind of like if there was one thing that I wanted to read right now, it would be The Shining to kind of like like Christmas. Sometimes it's just hard and you're supposed to. And I was kind of kidding at the beginning of the episode, but like it feels like you're supposed to be joyful and you're supposed to be happy. And I just like that The Shining is so there are so few moments of happiness that when they're together and it just it's it's a nice kind of like recognition of that, you know. Here's the yeah. All four all stories them. have been about people who are who are trapped somehow. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's Even true. Yeah, you know, he's trapped inside yeah, you're the right. apartment. We're not getting any yeah. like stands or or you know like journey novels necessarily. These are all claustrophobic stories. Mm. I, I wanted to ask all right. of you: Is anyone actually reading any King right now? Outside of like, okay, I have to read this book for the podcast. Is anyone reading King? For Christmas comfort right now, I don't. I'm not. I'm re, I'm reading the Lion, the Witch, and the War, or the Chronicles of Narnia series right now. That's oh, a very that's Christmassy nice Christmas. uh, atmosphere. Yeah, though. I like to, I like to read fantasy epics during Christmas. Like well, I always like. Yeah. To Speaking of fantasy Lord epics, Rings. I'm reading. I just started the final Frank Herbert Dune book. Ah, Chapter House. Yeah, Chapter Dune. House. Yeah. What do you how, What do you think of Heretics of Dune? I did not like Heretics right. of Dune. It's a bit of a mess. <laughs> yeah. a little bit of it's mess. all right. It's all right. After but God Emperor, you can't you can't live up to can't live to up God to God Emperor of Dune. What, what about Rachel and Jen? Where are y'all reading? What are y'all? What are, what is like your actual Christmas reading right now? Oh right wait, now, you got actual. I got I got oh. actually right oh, here. Scored to death. Yeah 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 yeah. Yeah scored to death. Jay Blake Fisher. It's his second book that he's written. It's just a bunch of interviews with really awesome uh, horror composers. Oh so my gosh, I got it. Just came out. Yeah, it's got lots of great people, and I love film music. That's that's my thing. So Who are they I'm really excited like to check that. Is it horror specifically, or is it or is it just composers? Yeah, but I mean, some of them are like you know, like so Brad Fidel, so like oh, yeah. Terminator and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, oh, Fright cool. Night. So a lot of them is you know they cross over into other areas. That's so like a hefty cool. book too. Oh that's yeah, very, it's hefty. Like a very generous, <laughs> like a very generous. Oh man, that's I gotta write this down. Yeah. So. And I think he was actually on an episode where we were talking about film scores, the author of that oh. book, too. Yeah, was, yeah was, he's super, he gets around and he's super passionate and a great guy. So oh, I'm excited style, to read this one. Apparently. The first one is really good, too. So, yeah. yeah. Gonzo, fuck to death. That's listeners. For real, though, I got to read that. I actually, I, we're doing a secret Santa on my wife's side of the family. We're not really doing like gift gifts for everyone, but everyone has like one secret Santa. And the only thing uh-huh. I put on my list were taking shape one and two. I'm hoping yes. I get one of them because, yeah, I want to read mm. some horror volumes. I'll have to read yeah. that score to death. Though. That, that's super cool. Well, what, what about you, Jen? Yeah. What are you reading right now? 
Well, um, I am in the middle of desperation right now for some of the some upcoming episodes, and I probably am going to listen to the stand again because it's just in my brain. Yeah. But and this is a good segue. I actually just listened to our number one on mm. the list for Christmas horror because I saw um, Joe Biss on uh, Joanne on Instagram was talking about it. So our number one is the breathing method. Yay. Mm. Um, this is, and I just listened to it. It's so good. This is the final novella in different seasons about a young woman who gives birth on Christmas Eve, not Mary, but this story <laughs> does, has a, a bit of a darker turn. Um, and this was the only one that's on all of our lists. And I know that we was said, it really? like, that's it was, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I mean, uh -huh. there's an obvious connection there, but this was my number one. And I, reading it again, this is my favorite of King's novellas, of all of his novellas. It's my favorite oh, wow. in different seasons. It's wow. my favorite in, I mean, yeah. I mean, the bar is not super high if you look outside of different seasons, but um, yeah, I loved it. It's so feminist, which is totally my jam and when like I think about the rest of the novellas in different seasons I love them all I really do and I don't want to sound like I'm knocking it but they're all like boy stories you know and I'm not saying yeah. I can't get down with the story about boys but like I just loved this story of this woman who's about to have a baby and she's doesn't she's kind of scared but she's trying to really be brave and strong and it just goes so awry and I loved the like King, I wonder if he wrote this like after he'd had his first children and, or when his children were young, because he talks about kind of the horrific quality of birth, which having been through it twice, it's terrifying. And now if you're <laughs> listening and you're pregnant right now, you're going to be fine. And it's like, I'm fine now. <laughs> but I just really liked that appreciation. I liked the conversation because I don't feel like we we hear it that much in this kind of genre so i i loved it and then there's the framing device of the club which is so cool and this one is actually set on christmas it's like specifically a yeah. christmas story it's one of the few that is which i think is probably why i don't want to speak for you all but that's probably why it was on y'all's list but so that's my piece about the breathing method i think it's fantastic it was a great listen so you know you can find it on youtube so check it out but yeah, what do y'all think of the breathing breathing method? It feels very cozy to me. And I think yes. that's like what you were saying, like the club and that whole framing mm -hmm. story, like it feels very, and, and like they were saying, they, they specify Christmas multiple times yeah. throughout mm -hmm. it. So that's, it was my, the first one I thought of too, for that same reason. Um, but it does just feel very warm and cozy. So I don't, I don't know. I guess that's Christmas in my mind. <laughs> well, yeah, it's yeah. the it's the fireside chat, you know. That's that's yeah. what I, that's yeah. what always calls out to me. Jim, I mean, you mentioned yeah, it's the framing device for me actually that feels the most Christmassy, even though the story they're mm. telling you know is like definitely around Christmas officially. But I mm. just think about the club, and uh, you know, you start to kind of get nostalgic for that. As crazy as it sounds, just to be able to gather with friends and tell mm. stories, or just shoot the shit and have a drink, which is literally all mm -hmm. they're really doing. They're just dressed yeah. up nice. You know what I mean? right. It's weird because <laughs> the framing device, I think we talked about this on the episode, the framing device is actually what I, from a narrative standpoint, is what I like least about the overall story. Like I love, I love the, the story they're telling, but the sort of story within the story within the story, the whole framing device, I get, it gets a little muddy for me. That being said, when we're thinking of Christmas stories, it's still the thing that immediately came to my mind, yeah. right? Which is like you said, Jen, mm -hmm. I think is why it's on all of our lists. Um, yeah, I don't think this is better than The Shining. 
I'm just saying. No, like, yeah, we all agree. Like, this is just the most yeah. Christmassy holiday yes. seasony. I agree. Yes, yeah. And I think there is some, and and like Rachel saying with the atmosphere, there's something to be said for that. The fact that we hear when we hear Christmas King, we all go, oh yeah, breathing me- the breathing method. Um, even if, though the opinions vary as to how how good of a story it is in King's overall canon, it is the one I think that ubiquitously was still the most tied with Christmas. Um, and mm-hmm. I, a lot of our, our listeners recommended it too, obviously. So yeah. And it okay. does even in the scene, I mean, it's what's the subtitle winter's tale or something like that. Right. For different yeah. seasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's right in the title, right? Like even, even the, st- the framing device has that with this idea of being in a cozy bar on Christmas. And then also when, with the, you know, the, the corpse giving birth or whatever, all, that whole thing happening, that's under a winter moon, in the middle of the season also like everything about mm-hmm. this story just really takes place in that very specific environment so yeah it makes yeah. sense why it's on here well and it happens because it's snowing because the cab yeah. slips on that's the right. ice so that's like it's actually a factor in the events of the story as well and i think dan you were mentioning earlier like there's this ghost story element to like christmas like i remember i had one night where i just couldn't sleep on christmas and i stayed up all night reading this scary story and i can't even remember what the book was because it was probably 10 and then i just got in my head that i'm going to read a scary story after everybody goes to bed on christmas eve and i'm going to stay up and i i think i've only been able to actually get past 10 pages once but i just had this (laughs) in my head that it's like this is a good time for scary stories and it's like there's still enough magic in the air I think that it kind of cuts the scariness you know mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel so like desolate you know which um, I feel like is kind of like a Christmas carol too right like the like Christmas yeah. carol is it's ghosts and there are scary elements but it's not a full on well yeah like, like Stevens for example the there's something it. supernatural about Stevens right and then there's yeah. some uh-huh. there are books there are, are these books that never were these books from another dimension there's this whole yeah. element there think, that's going on well, I think so. And I was reading it this time and I was like, is this one of the, is this a level of the tower somewhere that kind of opens to uh, other places? Yeah. And it doesn't specifically say that at all. That's just me speculating. And I am not a noted tower head, so I could be completely wrong <laughs> about that. But it, yeah, there's like a jukebox from a brand that he's never heard of, you yeah. know, and like books or like books that weren't published in this realm. So it's just, it's mysterious, but we don't find out enough to kind of lose that magical mystery, you know? Yeah, the mystery, and, the mystery remains. Exactly, yeah. And I th- it's like your presents that you haven't opened yet because it's not mm. Christmas morning yet or Santa <laughs> hasn't brought them yet. And I also circle. think... Exa- exactly, yeah. This is the thing when we were talking about the Halloween stories, especially when I think of a story I want to read on a holiday, I want it to be digestible on that holiday also. And that's one thing I like about the breathing method is I could theoretically get through this all on Christmas day, you know, cause yeah. it's not like 500 pages or like, I'm not reading the stand on Christmas day. you know. <laughs> um, and it's, so there's like this special quality of I'm going to celebrate by reading this book and then I'm going to move on after, after the holidays over. So that was one of the things that I was looking for. Um, and and like a digestible audiobook for me it's like a couple of hours and this one is so that's our top collective five 
But now let's go around and pour a little eggnog out for the story we had on our personal list that maybe fell off the sleigh. And I will, I've already said mine, which was elevation. And it's good because it fell off the sleigh and then it just like floated off into space. So it's still good. Um, maybe it'll float back. But Dan, you and I both had some oddballs on mm -hmm. our list and we both said, I have my reasons in our email. So I am curious what I want to guess the reasons if you name them. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Go. So the, the my oddball one was the dark, I mentioned already, the Dark Tower 7, the Dark Tower. Mm -hmm. the what epilogue. do you think is my... The yeah, epilogue. What do you say? The epilogue, yeah. Oh, you know is what's it, funny, oh, Justin? That's oh. all you were thinking of? No, it wasn't, but that makes total sense, though. All right, Dan like, yeah. perfect reason. Dan the other can't one? can't spoil it. But. Yeah, we started ahead, Jen. Or, yeah, we're, were you say oh, Dandalo? I was just going to say, we got to make sure we don't spoil, but yeah, oh, yeah, there yeah, is, yeah. there's definitely oh, a good holiday call, good call. element. That, yeah, that, very good point. I'll say this about the epilogue. No, you're totally right, Justin. I hadn't thought that, but that is... I will say the image of hot cocoa. Yes. Say that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. For that block. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, and I don't think this is spoiling too much. So I mentioned Dandelo earlier, who lives. Oh, yeah, that was my other guess. And then, yeah, like so, who lives in a very Christmassy part of um, uh, Midworld? Of um, oh gosh, what's what's the actual region called? The something White Plains. It's like a snowy. It's like a snowy region of of uh, Midworld, but. Um, that I to, I characters in the book get to. I'm trying not to spoil too much. Yeah. But and there, Snow you, Dash. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> Snow Dash. There it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no. So you. Um, so they actually get. So there's a land. A, a. It's not the whole novel, but it's, it's toward the end of the novel. There's a land that some characters get to that have, has a very Christmassy type villain and a very Christmassy type house and a very Christmassy type community. So that's one aspect of it. The epilogue certainly makes a great case for it. But more than anything, too, I mentioned earlier, I really do like to read high fantasy during Christmas time. It doesn't have to be Christmas-related necessarily. Um, Chronicles of Narnia is very Christmassy. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I tend to reread Lord of the Rings a lot during Christmas, although Lord of the Rings isn't mm -hmm. specifically Christmas-related, although there's a lot of description of comfort and whatnot. I think maybe what it is is that fantasy epics tend to come out during Christmas, like Harry Potter. Yeah. Harry Potter's True. very Christmassy too, I think. So I think and, and the so Star I think Wars saga. I, yeah, totally. They, those yeah. all come out during the holidays, and so and Dune, I guess, will come out too. But so when I think about reading high fantasy, maybe we think about what is King's magnum fantasy opus. It's the Dark Tower books. Um, so that yeah, so my mind immediately went to the the individual reasons I already mentioned, and the epilogue is a good one too. But also to just because I really like reading fantasy around Christmas, which I know is maybe an indirect connection to the holiday, but my mind is always going to go there. So that, that was mine. Hey, that works. Yeah. Rachel, what was your, um, honorable mention? My honorable mention was needful things. And mm -hmm. I have my own reasons for this. So I've, <laughs> I have worked retail on and off in various capacities my whole life. And even when I read needful things for the first time, I kind of put it in the perspective of the holidays in retail. <laughs> Cause to me, sure. you've got, you've got this shop and he's finding the perfect gift for all these people. Mm. And then it, you know, it goes bad and you've got all these people fighting with each other and these gifts are at the center of it. And these are people that, you know, un under normal circumstances are friendly and they get along. But now mm -hmm. that these things are involved, it turns into something darker. And also, I remembered that in the adaptation that there's a couple of Christmassy songs in the movie. So I don't think I'm totally off base. I think that they play Ave Maria and there's also the Nutcracker oh, yeah. Suite. Yeah, so, oh, you're totally that right. dominates the trailer so, especially. I think. Yeah, so the film itself, 
I think even feels a little bit more Christmassy than the book, but I still think that those reads, it makes sense. If you read it or yeah. watch it with that perspective, to me, it feels very Christmassy and actually helps like reduce some of my anxiety of having to like deal <laughs> well, with shoppers. Rachel, <laughs> on top of that, the, the book does end with him leaving kind of on a sleigh driven by an elf. Yeah, there's so, that. I mean, if we're looking at it that way, now is yeah. the elf is the elf actually Leland Gaunt? We'll never know. See? <laughs> That's up for another healthy I debate. I was Maybe on he's Stephen King. Santa. Neither was I. Well, that was a great. Stephen debate. King is Santa. Santa King. Sa- Sa- it's well, Sa- Gaunt. Like, Sa- like, Gaunt is like Stephen King's version of Santa. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I wasn't on the Needful Things episode, but wasn't that a, a huge talk? Like, I think Randall's whole life, but I think it was proven that Randall was right somehow, which I think is. It's so stupid. Wait, which side? Which side was Randall? I think he, I think Leland does turn into like a little, uh, little creature at the end. He's I not think being driven off by it. I always thought that's he, yeah, the elf. What it was? Too. What else would it be? I like he was like in the actual carriage being driven away by this creature. I think he was like taking the reins and. No, I I've always thought that he was actually this little goblin creature. Like that was well, you're correct. You were correct. <laughs> like he's, he's a little goblin creature. Yeah. What a silly ending! I mean, I love yeah. Nepal. I really like Nepal. Look, great book lot, yeah. until the I last do. ten pages. Yeah. But it, it is no. I, I like yeah. Rachel saying though. It, it is that kind of tickle me Elmo thing, right? They're the Furby mm-hmm. or like the people people arguing and killing each other over total shit over stuff yeah. that's mm-hmm. worthless and is probably going to fall apart pretty soon anyway. So well, yeah, I, I, I like that with my that selection. Yeah, what's yours? Uh, yeah, because sure, right. this one, well, one was one of them was the dead zone, but that's purely aesthetic because it, so mm-hmm. much of that takes place in the snow. All right, mm-hmm. mine is the another ice. story where there's a bunch of people who normally get along, who get together, and 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 their lives are turned upside down in like the matter of an evening because of some interloper, mm-hmm. and that is Storm of the Century, which is a Stephen King ah. story that he wrote as a miniseries back in the '90s. And funny enough, he did an interview recently where he talks about this being one of his favorite stories, if not his famous his favorite miniseries. I've and never so seen I'm, it. I'm thinking of bringing a little bit of a. Um, uh, I think you really like it. It's. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, as we discussed over the years, not just us, but people who have read Stephen King over the last 45 years, sometimes Stephen, Uncle Stevie pulls his punches. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now, this is this is almost as grim as he gets, the ending of this really? story. This is depressing as hell. So, uh, yeah. Did you have the, uh, so I, my roommate in college, Bill Hansen, who we've had on the pod a few times, who yeah. did the, um, the first Survivor type adaptation, he had a book that was this... Was that the script of Storm of the Century, or was it the short no- story? If it's a novelization novel. of the miniseries, maybe. But it was based on it. an unpublished novel of his, right? Is that the I don't gimmick know. of it? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it just was the, just yeah. written for the screen. Yeah. And I've got it. If my cord was longer, I would go get it. But I found it at a used bookstore a while ago, and I think it's the screenplay. Okay. Is there, like okay, yeah. I gotta watch it. it. Is it yeah. streaming anywhere? I, I should look that it's, up. Stephen King said it's on YouTube. Oh, so he's endorsing us to be old pirates, huh? Storm yeah. of the yeah. Century. Good cast. Uh, cool. I may have to watch that. Maybe, Good maybe cast, I'll, I'll interesting watch accents. Um, yeah. There's definitely Rachel, have you seen Storm somebody of the else. Century? I haven't, no. Yeah. I remember the hearing lead, like, I, the, the bad guy in this is, it's one of his best bad guys. Oh, wow. It is, yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, he's got awesome. a lot in common with Leland Gaunt, you know? Definitely. Um, also, wow, Tim Daly is in it, and yeah, I love, love me some wings. Tim Daly is so, definitely yeah. doing a like a, a nor'easter accent. Wait, so, yes. Um, so King has had <laughs> he has had Tim Daly in the lead in one of his uh, miniseries, and then Stephen Weber in the lead of the other. So he's really cornered I the King originally in the wings they, they, market. I think originally they they wanted Tim Daly in The Shining, 
He'd oh, be really? good, actually. I mean, yeah. he's too old now, but he, he would have been good back yeah. then for it. Yeah. Tim Daly's great, man. He's well, great in The Sopranos. He's, he's yeah, great. Yeah. Yes. Well, and Crystal Bernard, I think, was going to play Wendy for a while, but then she'd be she good backed too. out because of the oh accent. Oh, my God. You know? Man, <laughs> they, really, they really do it all wings. four hours. I, I remember being very comforted by Wings as a kid. I remember the theme said, there's all four hours and eight minutes of Storm of the Century is, is on, or on YouTube. Um, and it was only uploaded in October. I wonder if, I wonder if King was behind that. He's like, what's, this, oh, what's the baby. username? Is it like <laughs> Ke- full, Kevin, Kevin Singh or something like it's that? It's full screen movies collection. Oh, that's oh. Stephen King, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's him. That's him. Yeah. Stu- yeah, the thing of evil is the last part of it, yeah. Yeah, I like Storm <laughs> of the Century a lot. I I have am on the record as saying I don't love Stephen King's dialogue a lot of times, and um, that's, you know, neither here nor there, but I do think that's a really good, speaking of people at each other's throats over the holidays, I like that one. Um, maybe time to revisit it. So that's ours, and we have some constant listener suggestions also um, from, I believe this is from Patreon. So Ivan said The Shining, and Damien said a story that I'd never heard of Mm -hmm. uh, called Rush Call. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't know this one either. Yeah, he said it later appeared in Essay's collection released in 2000 called Secret Windows. And I do have Secret Windows. I just have not read it all yet. Uh, So I'm going to have to do that, I guess, before Christmas. But the description he had was Dr. Thorpe climbs into a car on Christmas Eve and operates on a young boy trapped in the car. Oh, I have read this. It's pretty good. Uh, He saves the boy's life, removing his appendix in the process and discovers the true meaning of Christmas. I think it was written when he was very young. Like it sounds like it reads. (laughs) Yeah, it, it read when I remember reading it and thinking like it might have even been before Carrie. It may have that, that sounds that. very explicitly Christmas too. Yeah, in a way that maybe mm-hmm. his other work isn't. It sounds almost yeah. like the story within the breathing method, except instead of you know removing an appendix, it's removing a, a human a human's head away from a body. <laughs> right, and then and then another human's head. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but hey, Merry um, Christmas so, all the all the all the way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Christmas is about birth, so yeah. it is. Anyways, the original birth. Um. That's true, yeah. <laughs> the, first birth, the first birth ever. The first, first birth matter. ever. First birth <laughs> matter. Oh, allegedly. Allegedly, uh, allegedly. <laughs> so speaking of the first birth that mattered, um, Brian and Rachel also suggested the breathing method. Ah. Um, Amanda and Brett said one for the road, which we agree with. Brett said riding the bullet, which I hmm. would like to hear a justification for that. Not that I don't yeah. believe you, but I, I'm interested in that connection. I'm trying to yeah. think of that. I mean, I've only read, I probably only read that once. Yeah, I've only read that. Well, I mean, it is a, it's kind of like a road novel, right? From, yeah. from what yeah. I remember. Mm-hmm. I but there's yeah. memories within the novel. I know. I sort uh, of, mm-hmm. I sort of think of, I don't know, traveling on long roads as, as being kind of a winter thing. Let me, let me see. I'm just going to do a little refresher. A bit more as like a Halloween story. Though. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was there's the whole cemetery. Yeah. But, yeah, but he does go to like he's going to visit his mom, I guess. So he's yeah. like going going home to like take care of his mom. So home maybe, for the maybe like there's home, that like, part of it. Yeah, yeah, like the home for the yeah, holidays it maybe, element of it. Yeah, because I know he's in college, so maybe it's him going home over the break. Makes I, sense. It's just been a while since I've read it, um, and I have David Arquette in my head connected to that. What, um, what's that in? Everything's eventual, I think. Or is it later is than it? that? I think eventually it made its way into the short story collection, but I think the movie even came up before it was an actual before collection. That. So we'll, we'll get to that in like so. 2002, yeah. so we'll be getting to that in what, 
few years. 2030. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In a while. We'll, yeah. we'll have to remember this conversation re-examined. See what our Christmas feelings are around it. That's right. Yeah. Once we've actually read it, like recently enough to remember. Yeah. Um, and Bryant suggested Storm of the Century also. Uh, so uh, he agrees with you, Justin. And then Tim, I, I don't think it's Tim Daly. Tiny Tim? Tim? Is it Tiny Tim? <laughs> oh, maybe it is Tiny Tim. Actually, oh. he did say his last name. I just took it out. Because Tim, Tim Bargalush, the old school. Ah. Old school. Oh, he said his name. Oh, hey, From the Tim. very beginning, I think, this person. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he suggested Children of the Corn. Um, he, he said, which I love this because it goes with my whole Santa is a vampire thing. He who walks behind the rose could be seen as sort of a Santa-like figure who bestows his blessing on good little children who follow his will. And hey, I'd be lying oh, if I good. didn't get a craving for some good old-fashioned corn around the holidays. And yes, corn that's is always a good, delicious. Or a, or a, uh, a perverted Jesus. I mean, we're talk- yeah. we haven't talked about Jesus a lot in this podcast, but we're talking, uh, we should have chose the stand because it's so Christian. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, isn't Santa Claus a perverted Jesus if we're looking at it that way? I think so. <laughs> it That's works the either way. The episode. That's the pull exactly. Uh, um, and so those are all of our listener suggestions. So thank you so much for participating in this this conversation that's taken some twists and turns in the sleigh um so <laughs> looks like the fire is dying and mm. there's a, a santa claus hovering outside my window begging to be let in and i gotta go get away uh, from that <laughs> ah, count but kringle I <laughs> count kringle i think that's gonna stick i like that. yeah i guess um, you could do santa claus like c-l-a-w-s vampires kind of have claws i don't know i think that's more like a santa werewolf yeah. Oh, you! Oh my gosh, you got okay. You, this is totally unrelated, but you guys should watch the new Creep Show holiday special that hits Shutter tomorrow. Is there is there a werewolf story in it? That's what happens. Really, <laughs> Santa Claus werewolf? Yeah, wow. that sounds awesome. Oh actually, that's but no Santa Claus vampire. I mean, I guess they. I actually yeah. liked. Uh, I liked that werewolf <laughs> segment with Kid Cudi in it. I actually, thought that, that was, was my favorite. The, that was the werewolf yeah. segment was my favorite creep show entry. Mm. Absolutely, yeah, and it's too. funny because Little Yachty's in this one. So is he really? I don't know. Oh. I don't know where they're going with that trend, but <laughs> I mean, I I think Kid Cudi's actually a very good actor. Little Yachty, I, agree. I don't yeah. know. It, Little Yachty. I mean, Little Yachty plays two several different characters on his albums. He plays like. Lil Yachty, Lil Boat, and then his uncle, his uncle Darnell. So maybe he could be good, a good actor. Well, if it's the season, it's, why is he playing like the Lil Yachty drummer boy? I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tiny you gotta ask him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> Lil Yachty is like, sitting there for you. I feel like a lot of I feel like rapper actors are better than most musician actors. I have an argument that like Method Man is the best uh, musician oh, turned amazing. actor. He's amazing he's on the on the crazy deuce. good. The Wire, The Deuce. He's Method yeah. Man's an. I love how I think How High is a very funny movie. Actually, when they Kevin dig Smith? up, they they dig up John Quincy Adams' skeleton, break <laughs> off his fingers, and smoke them like joints to get smart. That alone makes does that it work? Perfection. Um, I don't think it does because because that, that's like a substitute mm. for this strain of marijuana they've been using to. Dan, I think you on. gave the the uh, novelization <laughs> a five out of five on Goodreads. <laughs> the How High novelization. <laughs> By uh, you, you need like a fake author name, like a, like a, some like a Glenn Blaylock, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> George Dennis, De- Dennis Etchinson writing under a pseudonym, <laughs> writing the how high. Another pseudonym. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. 
Well, speaking of side projects, <laughs> Rachel, what is uh, what do you have coming up? I know you said you watched the Creepshow. Are you reviewing that or writing about it? Yeah, yeah, I'll be reviewing that for Room Morg, and then just Ooh. my my normal. I have two monthly articles on Nightmare on Film Street every month, and so I should have one coming out um, here in a few days, actually, um, about the Terminator Two soundtrack. So, oh, Jen. So good. Oh my gosh, Terminator yeah. 2 is my all-time favorite movie. I'm sorry, listeners, I'm going to talk for 30 minutes about it. No, but oh. it's a perfect film. So it is. <laughs> it's the best film ever made. Yeah. Yes, it's my first R-rated film. I think it's a lot of people's first R-rated films. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just rewatched it and still just just perfect. So yeah, yeah I'll have that coming up. And yeah, you can usually oh. find me haunting around those sites all the time. So. Oh, nice. Oh, I can't wait to read that. Um, Justin, what do you have coming up? Well, uh, I'll be doing some more Losers Club stand coverage. Jen, you and I were on the first episode. We were. And also over at the Halloweenies podcast, we just wrapped up our Friday the 13th season. And we'll be doing, I I guess we'll be doing a Black Christmas 2006 episode. Right, Dan? Mm. Yeah, we got to figure, yeah, we had nailed on the date for that too. We, there you go. So that's, yeah. we're looking forward to that. Eventually we'll get to the original Black Christmas. That'll be like the fifth, the five year anniversary. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, so you'll see me, you'll see me crawling around Losers Club and Halloweenies <laughs> for the most part. Lurking. <laughs> Caffrey, what do you have coming up for Slay SMR? Yeah, uh, Slay SMR. So we just had our Gremlins episode. And I think by the time this episode, this the one we're doing now drops. Um, I will have my Batman Returns Slay SMR. That's what I'm doing this Ooh. this weekend. Um, yeah, what's what's the yeah, line? Like, this could be deadly. Yeah. It? <laughs> do you, do you, are you a Batman Returns fan or not? Yeah, We've I had this people... argument too much over the last 15 years. Well, I, know, I know. I know. I, I like Batman Returns a lot better than Batman 1989. But do you that's, like Batman the, Returns? That, we're, we're the flip. We're the flip. But, but do you, but do you like Batman Returns? Like I still like I think Batman, Batman Returns. Is, is, is I recommend. I would recommend it to somebody. You recommend it? Yeah, I love it. I think it's, it's my second favorite Batman movie. Um, so yeah, that's on there. Uh, yeah, you can see me crawling around Losers Club and Halloweenies. Um, I've got an appearance on Psychoanalysis coming up. Uh, mm, that's right. And yeah, I think that's all. Yeah, I'm just laying low for the holidays. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and like you said, your episode on Gremlins is going to yeah. be dropping on Christmas Eve for Psychoanalysis, which was so much fun. And I'm actually going to start editing it tonight, so I can't wait to go we had back a blast. to it. I tried really hard, and I think I did a pretty good job on my Slay Us episode. I tried not to touch on stuff that we discussed in the the um I'm, i mean asmr is such a specific audience right like i don't know if there's mm-hmm. if i have to worry too much about overlap but uh yeah i tried to really talk about different things so yeah i'm really excited to hear that i had a blast uh, being on there with y'all yeah, that was really fun. Um, and then on Christmas Day, we're actually dropping an episode on the original Black Christmas ah. with uh, Joe Lipset from How- Horror Queers. And that was really fun because I got out my feminist soapbox and just went to town. So that was really fun. Um, Wait, did you, but we you also not like it or did you like it? Too. Oh, no, I liked it, oh, but it was, because I like it. It's oh. so feminist. Well, that was yeah. the argument like, for the remake is that this was the 2019 version was supposed to be the, the feminist take on it. That's oh a yeah, real, that's, a real, that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. That is, yeah. I haven't seen that, but I think I'm going to try to watch it sometime this Christmas. Um, but so those are coming up, and then our theme for January is going to be depression, and we are going to start with the Babadook, which is one of my all-time favorite horror movies, and I cannot wait to talk about that. Um, 
even though in the context of very sad, depressing things. Mm. But it's going to be fun, and we're going to have a great time. And we're also, I you can find me on the Losers Club talking about the stand for hours and hours on end. And upcoming talking about desperation and the regulators. So I got to keep reading on those. Regulators. But so as f- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every, <laughs> every time. Yeah. Just, yeah, every just, time. <laughs> it was a clear black night. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was a clear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was reading uh, the regulators when, when Biden won the election, like when it was, when it was made, you know, when we knew, when they announced it, I was like halfway through the regulators. So yeah. Oh yeah. Not we'll my favorite King book. It will always have a special, I mean, I, I actually like regulators, but I, um, It'll always mm-hmm. have a special place in my heart now because of that. Oh, yeah. When we regulated some stuff. Um, anyways, <laughs> he regulated so. common sense. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. We were desperate, and then we regulated. Ah, um, yes, you know. yes, yes. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Um, but so, as for the Losers Club, we have a lot going on right now. Just today, we kicked off coverage of the stand on CBS All Access. I'm sorry, CBS All Access is the stand, which is the official name. So check our feeds for how you can get a free week on us to check it out. You can get use some kind of code that I can't remember right now, but. Um, there's lots of information on the socials. We're going to be doing weekly recaps. I think we're going to be writing weekly recaps on Consequence of Sound also. And we just interviewed the showrunner, Henry Cavell, um, which was really fun. Oh, and no, I he think talked it's, it's, a lot. I think it's Ben, ben Cavill. Henry Cavill is ben Superman. Ben Cavill. I was going to say, oh, I was like, right, whoa, Superman. We got the Snyder Cut coming out next month, so we want to make sure we got them on <laughs> pod. Well, look, we didn't use video when we were talking to him, so I was just picturing Henry Cavell the whole time, which was, you know. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But so we did just interview him, and he talked a lot about Stephen King's Coda and actually made me really excited for that. So Yeah, I'm wondering when that's going to be. I'm really excited about that. Well, apparently it's going to be Franny-centric, so that's speaking my language. Um so we'll see. I'm really crossing my fingers on that. Um, but we also might have an interview with one of the cast coming up, a real Bauer hour, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we can say it yet, but uh, make sure to stay tuned to the socials for more information about that. And those socials are at Losers Club Pod. Um, next up, bookwise, is um, Desperation and the Regulators, and we've got some exciting stuff planned for that. So make sure you're reading. And that is our Christmas King episode. And I did not sing, here comes Stephen King, here comes Stephen King one more time. And I just, I know I had to get it out of my system. It's been like (laughs) racking my brain. Um, Thank you so much for joining us. Um, We we hope you're having a relaxing and safe holiday. And we are so grateful that you spent a little bit of that holiday with us. And we hope your holidays are filled with, that's our sign off. We're ready. Long Long days. days And and pleasant Nice. It's easier on Zoom. Much easier on Zoom. It is. Yeah, I need to pull out my like conducting. (laughs) Now we have a sign off. This is the end of our show. For now. We hope you enjoyed this production. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, 
Margaret's Garden, and more.